the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, June 20th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. As we head into our third hour, the phone number is 602-508-0960. In the vein of removing the organ and expecting the function and castrating the foals and expecting the gildings be fruitful, we come upon a day like today and realize maybe the entire historical avant-garde or the avant-garderie of the intellectuals has left us staring into an abyss. For about a generation now, we've been cruising along at 75 miles per hour to revise American history and degrade our founding. We found a sixth gear we didn't know existed in the last two years. We even changed our 1776 founding date to 1619 so as to remove freedom and equality as our founding ethic in order to in order to show ourselves in the world that slavery was our founding ethic and that 1776 was a lie and a myth. So today, as we commemorate Juneteenth, it is well worth asking why it is we actually celebrate this day and how we actually got to something worthy of celebration called Juneteenth. Spoiler alert, it's because of 1776 and not 1619. Spoiler alert, those who said and say 1776 was a lie and not our real founding are an exact league and on the exact same side, even using the same warmed over language of those who made June 19th, 1865 necessary in the first place. Let's take it from history.com for a moment so that there's no dispute about the facts. Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest-running African-American holiday. On June 17, 2021, it officially became a federal holiday. Confederate General Robert E. Lee had surrendered in Virginia two months earlier, but slavery had remained relatively unaffected in Texas until U.S. General Gordon Granger stood on Texas soil and read General Orders Number 3, quote, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free, close quote. In Texas, slavery had continued as the stated experience as no large-scale fighting or significant presence, significant presence of Union troops was there. Many enslavers from outside Texas, had moved there as they viewed it a safe haven for slavery. After the war came to a close in the spring of 1865, General Granger's arrival in Galveston that June signaled freedom for Texas's 250,000 enslaved. Although emancipation didn't happen overnight for everyone, in some cases, enslavers withheld the information until the harvest season, celebrations broke out among newly freed black people, and Juneteenth was born. That December, slavery in America was formally abolished with the adoption of the 13th Amendment. I know those who listen to the Nicole Hannah-Jones and Robin DeAngelo's and Ibram Kendi's must ask, wait, 
How did we get a 13th Amendment after all? Wasn't that voted for and signed by white people in this country? Yep, it was. And it was signed after a long war. It was called the Civil War. And hundreds of thousands of Americans who took Lincoln and our founding seriously died for it. Because Lincoln and hundreds of thousands of Americans before him took the Declaration of Independence seriously, which thousands of Americans died for as well. Oh, yes, there were people who thought 1776 and the Declaration was a lie, just like the BLM crowd, just like Nicole Hannah-Jones, just like Ibram Kendi, just like Robin DeAngelo. You get there were. And they were known as Confederates. They formed what was known as the Confederacy. They believed our founding, just like Nicole Hannah-Jones and Ibram Kendi and Robin DeAngelo and anyone who still follows the BLM movement and curriculum, they all believed our founding was a lie as well. Let me be clear. The modernists who think our founding a lie and corrupt are in intellectual league with the very part of this world that went to war to instantiate, preserve, and solidify slavery and opposed the founding document that was the source of fighting to end slavery. The Confederacy and its supporters said things like the Declaration of Independence didn't proclaim self-evident truths, but self-evident lies. John C. Calhoun, the intellectual father of the Confederacy, not only claimed slavery to be a positive good, but did so by stating that the Declaration of Independence was itself a lie. He called the Declaration statement that all men are created equal erroneous. So did Jefferson Davis, sounding just like Woodrow Wilson in the following century, the first truly progressive president and scholar. Jefferson Davis resigned from the U.S. Senate in 1861 to join the Confederacy and gave a speech where he said the Declaration of Independence was only fit for the men who wrote it and applicable to their times, no future times, where we should all be free to write our own Declaration of Independence, he said, just like progressive Woodrow Wilson. This would, of course, fly in the face of all historical evidence over what Jefferson and Madison actually thought. And certainly Lincoln, who said the Declaration, Declaration of Independence was applicable to all men at all times and embraced every human being regardless of race. Just as Thomas Jefferson looked at what he wrote and saw there was still slavery in his own country and in his own household and trembled for his country, considering that God was just. In his famous or once famous cornerstone speech, Alexander Stevens, the vice president of the Confederacy, said the American founding, quote, rested upon the assumption of the equality of races. This was an error. It was a sandy foundation, and the government built upon it fell when the storm came and the wind blew. Our government, he said, the Confederacy, is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Its foundations are laid, its cornerstone rests upon the great truth the black is not equal to the white, that slavery, subordination to the serial superior race is the natural and normal condition. This is precisely what the 1619 Project teaches was the view of the Declaration of Independence, that our founders believed what Alexander Stevens and John C. Calhoun and Jefferson Davis believed. The same notion that animated the Confederacy and wanted to protect and maintain and grow slavery is the language the 1619 Project uses to analyze our founding. Stevens would continue, by the way, this, our new government, is the first in the history of the world based upon the great physical and philosophical moral truth. What moral truth? That our founding was a lie and that the races are not equal. The more we read and know our history, the more we come to an amazing irony, isn't it? 
the rioters among us today, those targeting American institutions and statuaries, those proclaiming America racist, those claiming 1776 and the founding we all thought was our founding and switching it to 1619. They are an exact common, an exact league and precise consonants with the very Confederate monuments they are trying to illegally take down. They are even more so in exact common, in exact league, in exact precise consonants with the Confederate States of America when they go after, oh, say, Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant and the 54th Regiment Memorial in Boston and Frederick Douglass. You see, Lincoln, Grant and Douglass all had a different view than Davis and Stevens and Calhoun, which is to say a different view than Ibram Kendi, Robin DeAngelo and the 1619 Project. Lincoln's and Grant's and Douglas's views, along with the majority of America and the majority of Americans' views, was that the Confederacy was wrong and the Declaration of Independence, with the Constitution read in light of it, did hold all men equal. And it included all men. They didn't believe all men was a fluid concept, as the founders were not linguistic relativists or prestidigitators. Men meant men, and that included the whole race of man. The left today believes the Constitution promoted slavery and thus is a corrupt document. Many of us think it did not and think it the most wonderful work ever struck off at a given time by the brain and purpose of man. You've heard me often say the left today buys into Roger Taney's view of the Constitution from his majority opinion in Dred Scott. It is a terrible opinion and everyone used to be taught that and everyone used to know that. It read the Constitution to support slavery. There were dissents in that opinion, dissents that read the Constitution not to support slavery, but to tolerate it where it was at our founding so that it would be restricted in its expansion and thus strangled to the point of ultimate, hopefully soon, extinction. That was the position of our founders. That was the position of Abraham Lincoln, too. Not the opinion, obviously, of the Confederacy. It is an ongoing curiosity to me that the left today supports the readings of the founding through the view of the Confederacy, which supported slavery and lost, and not the view of Lincoln and the dissent in Dred Scott or the views of Frederick Douglass and the side that actually won. Why do I say Frederick Douglass? Well, because he isn't, he isn't taught either. And as he put it, though Colin Kaepernick chooses to ignore and cut these segments out of his selected quotations from Douglas every July 4th, Douglas wrote the following. In the founders' admiration of liberty, they lost sight of all other interests. They were peace men, but they preferred revolution to peaceful submission to bondage. They were quiet men, but they did not shrink from agitating against oppression. They showed forbearance but that they knew its limits. They believed in order, but not in the order of tyranny. With them, nothing was settled that was not right. With them, justice, liberty, and humanity were final, not slavery and oppression. You may cherish the memory of such men, Douglas continued. They were great in their day and generation. Their solid manhood stands out the more as we contrast it with the degenerate times we live in. He would go on to say, in the Constitution, I hold there is neither warrant license nor sanction of the hateful thing slavery, but interpreted as it ought to be interpreted, the Constitution is a glorious liberty 
document, close quote. He capitalized those words, a glorious liberty document. Do the people wanting to tear down his and Lincoln's and Washington's and Grant's statues and history and memory know any of this? Or do they side with the Confederacy? Yes, they do. Do the people who celebrate Juneteenth, as we all should, understand it? Is because of our founding documents and men whose statues they wanted to tear down and did that we can even celebrate such a thing as Juneteenth? In the end, Lincoln had it right, as did Douglas, as did the dissents and Dred Scott, as did the soldiers in the Union that defeated the Confederacy. They weren't fighting for a corrupt view of man or America, after all. And what you learned in every school in America up until about 1980 had it right. This is a country that is glorious and glorious from its outset, just as Douglas said. Yes, some could pervert and distort it. Hell, some can pervert and distort anything, including the causes of a car wreck. So I beg of you to see where we are. Go back and read Dred Scott and read the dissents by Justices McLean and Curtis and tell me who has the better view of history. Harry Jaffa put it this way. Justice Taney's opinion in Dred Scott was wrong for one paramount reason. He did not see that the Constitution grounded in the principles of the Declaration of Independence reflected any standard of justice other than the positive law. He did not see that the word person meant any human person, whatever race, creed, or nation. In December 1860, Abraham Lincoln wrote to his once friend Alexander Stevens, who he hoped was still a friend and not an enemy. He wrote this, quote, You think slavery is right not to be extended, while we think it is wrong and ought to be restored. That, I suppose, is the rub, close quote. Yep, that was the rub, and the wrong, distorted view was rubbed out, and curiously, it is being brought back. It could be rubbed out only by redounding to the rediscovery of all the left today, Kendi BLM 1619, by redounding to what all of them hate. Yes, part of America deliberately distorted our founding as they were in the grip of junk thought and propaganda. Another part, the larger part of this country, never wavered and spent hundreds of thousands of lives dedicated to preserving the original understanding of America's founding. With men singing words, as he died to make men holy, we shall die to make men free as they sought to liberate slaves. Today, we face the same propaganda and junk thought about our founding that the Confederacy was gripped by. It's found in the academies. It's found in the 1619 Project. So if you want to celebrate Juneteenth, as you should, thank the documents and the people Lincoln and Douglas and Grant looked to in bringing it about. Thank the, thank the American founding and scold those who revised and departed from it and do so today. Their legatees are all around us just now doing it all over again. Let me put it plainly. There's a celebration over Juneteenth because of a belief in our founding there was a cause to fight a war to get us a Juneteenth because there were people who said about our founding what the left and the 1619 Project folks say about it now, which is the same thing our Confederacy said. For those who think emancipation a great thing, as you should, look at what theory of our founding got it. Look to we founding and Lincoln lovers. And for those who don't understand how people could fight for slavery, look at their theory of the founding Again, the same as the 1619 Project, the same as Kendi and the rest. They are all the intellectual heirs of founding and Lincoln haters. Quite an irony of history we're looking at knowing all this. But we live in ironic 
times. Sadly and dangerously ironic times. The great moral philosopher and historian Reinhold Niebuhr wrote a classic book in 1952 titled The Irony of American History. His conclusion, when people learn their errors, become aware of revisionism, they've been gripped by, quote, it must lead to an abatement of the pretension, which means contrition. Or it leads to a desperate accentuation of the vanities to the point where irony becomes pure evil, close quote. And the continued distortions of our glorious liberty document and history are, you bet, to too many pretensions of pure evil and will lead to more of it, or at least the very conditions that gave rise to the need to fight a civil war in the first place. My view? One was enough. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. They have intel that you will want. They have in their crosshairs a major concern about economic flattening of historic proportions that will commence this year. Time is of the essence to protect your investment. Call the Midas Gold Group to find out what they've analyzed and put together for you. Give them a call at 480-360-3000. They have the intel, they have the experience, they have it all. And I have gold and silver from the Midas Gold Group. Sebastian Gorka does too. Thousands of you also. Great company. You can visit them online as well at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. 602-508-0960 is the number. Got a couple calls asking for when I'm going to do my endorsements Uh, my official endorsements. I will. I'll keep you posted on that. It'll probably be the first week of July uh, that uh, we'll do that because I just want it to make sense when I do it, when we all start thinking tremendously seriously about it with the mail-in ballots and all that. Uh, If you have particular questions along the way uh, between now and then, feel free to call in and Talk about it with me if you like. Happy to. Uh, You know some of my endorsements. Some of the candidates are promoting them, and I've mentioned them uh, from time to time, but I'll do it as a as a as a as a comprehensive measure uh, sometime uh, in the first week of July. Uh, I'll do it all together. Uh, endorsements and uh, reasons I'm not endorsing other candidates. It'll it'll be both sides of the coin. <laughs> some people will be happy, some will not. But you know, I'm just speaking for myself. As they say, take what you like and leave the rest. Um, David Harsani good friend of ours, uh, often on the show. I need to get him back on. He has some fun, good stuff on Adam Schiff and the January 6th committee. Let's talk about that when we come back. Wanted to share that with you. We'll do that when we come back. I'm Seth, 602-5080-960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, that Beach Boys song. That's actually on my workout playlist, and I know you're laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing when I think of it because it reminds me of Will, Will Ferrell and the other guys. Did you ever see that? The other guys, Will Ferrell, when he's, uh, you know, he's a cop and when he's in a, in a high-speed chase situation. High, George Carlin would hate that, high-speed chase situation. Um, he... <laughs> He's in a Prius. His car is a Prius. And he cranks up Little River Band <laughs> for the mood. <laughs> and he calls him LRB like it's a thing. You know? 
That's great. Anyway, yeah, that is that is my work. My workout playlist is not the same as my bumper music, just so you know. This little tidbit just came across the transom. This is interesting. Never even dawned on me to think about this. The Florida Democratic Party is so enfeebled that in 2020, it applied to the Paycheck Protection Program for a loan intended to help distressed small businesses survive the pandemic. The Florida Democratic Party, it got a business loan from the federal government to help distressed small businesses survive the pandemic. A smart person might go around and look at all the other state parties, Democratic parties across the country that might or might not have done this. I mean, you know, okay, look at the Republicans, too. I don't care. It's it's you should not be doing that. Political parties should not be getting government loans. What did what did Jefferson say? Oh, my gosh, I used to know this one really well to demand a man pay for an opinion that he does not believe is the definition of tyranny. Something very close to that. Bill, you have a steel trap memory. Remember how I uttered it? Let's look it up at the break. We'll see how close I got. Okay. Or if you want to look it up now and save the uh, suspense. David Harsani. Uh, Yes, you know the January 6th hearings are going on, right? You think they'll call any witnesses like Stephen Colbert? The Stephen Colbert thing is incredible. Uh, This is the – his staff, in case you didn't know, several members of his staff were arrested on Friday for breaking into the U.S. Capitol, breaking in, unlawful entry, cited with the cited with the same crime that the majority of the Jan, the, the bulk of the January 6th uh, uh, people were, were arrested for and cited with. Um, and, you know, un, unlike them, they're they're out and back at work and living the life of leisure. The problem with that is watching Stephen Colbert rail against January 6th way back when and um, summoning, you know, all his his seriousness that he could summon. This is the problem when clowns expect you to take them seriously. You know that they just can't and they just won't and the consistency will not be there. His staff, his staff broke in and had a revelry at the U.S. Capitol just at the very moment when the singing, the sheet of music we're all supposed to be singing from is that's known as insurrection. That's known as uh, stopping democracy. That's known as uh, stopping the peaceful transfer or dispatch of power in America. Okay, it wasn't at the same scale. It wasn't at the same level, but he directly sent them there. And there's no disconnect between his dispatching them there for this whatever gag they were trying to pull at the expense of Republicans. And it's, 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 it's a far more direct link, far more direct. I mean, it is an actual direct link. They haven't yet proved one with Donald Trump. They won't. I know they won't because they've tried. I mean, you, you, you give the Democrats an impeachment hearing, which you did. We did. You give the Democrats the January 6th committee hearings of last year, which you did and we did. You've given them this year. We're heading into closing in on two weeks since their first bombshell hearing that was aired primetime live. And there is no connection. They cannot prove it. We just commemorated. I'll say it again. We just commemorated the 50th anniversary of Watergate. At least Richard Nixon, who had no knowledge of Watergate before it happened, only after the fact. Richard Nixon was 
by a ground jury declared an unindicted co-conspirator. That meant part of the plan. There's no grand jury that has found Donald Trump to be a unindicted co-conspirator. Richard Nixon, who every historian knows did not order or know about Watergate before it happened, was a co-conspirator. Donald Trump, who they're trying to say knew and directed it and encouraged it, is not. The connection between Richard Nixon and Watergate, in other words, where every historian knows he didn't order it, is closer in criminal law and politics than Donald Trump was to the violence of January 6th. I really wish people would... Page of history is worth a volume of logic. That's the quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes. I wish people would take a page of history and leave behind their junk logic. Okay, we'll be right back. I love that announcement. They used passers-by. I love that expression. It's the right one. It's like attorneys general, right? I don't know how you do a plural. Of, uh, people know I've been worried about this for years. I don't know how you do the plural of Bigfoot under the same guise. Is it Bigsfoot? It, would be, it wouldn't be Big Feet. That would mean something entirely different. Bigsfoot, I think. Attorneys general passes, passers-by, something like that. All right, I looked up the Jefferson quote. It's from uh, the Virginia Statue of Religious Freedom. All right, how did it – Bill, you, you wanted to make fun of me a little bit or whatever. What, how, did I, how did I do it from memory in the last he segment? To demand a man pay for an opinion that he does not believe is the definition of tyranny. Something very close to that. Do it again. To demand a man pay – for an opinion that he does not believe is the definition of tyranny. Something very close to that. All right, that's how I was working off memory. Here's the exact quote. To compel a man to furnish contributions of money for the propagation of opinions which he disbelieves and abhors is sinful and tyrannical. Jefferson is better in the original. <laughs> the original is a little better. I didn't mean to butcher it. Came close. I think same meaning. I'd, I'd get an A for effort, I think. But uh, we, don't, um, we don't grade on a curve here. Uh, Adam Schiff was named to the January 6th committee, uh, as you know. And when he was, according to David Harsani, that is the day we knew the investigation was going to be a frivolous partisan sideshow. As a political strategy, placing an inveterate fabulous like Schiff on the committee Schiff on the committee only ensured that it wouldn't have credibility. Presumably credibility with people Democrats are trying to convince. With dwindling national interest in the proceedings, Schiff went on TV this weekend and announced that the January sixth committee was in possession of evidence that Donald Trump had hatched a fake elector plot. Another scheme that had absolutely no chance of working. When asked to clarify the contention, Schiff said he did not, quote, want to get ahead of the hearing. Close quote. <laughs> so funny. You could have predicted this. Priming your base for Trump's arrest, again, is almost surely getting beyond the hearings. <laughs> but then Democrats have been overplaying the Trump hand since 2015. The January 6th committee has become a political version of lost. Always a cliffhanger, never a payoff. What we do know is that Schiff says he has evidence he probably doesn't. Let's remember, Schiff was the one who read the Steele dossier, among other fabrications, into the congressional record, even though he was aware at the time it was a partisan oppo file paid for by the DNC and shopped by Hillary Clinton's partisans with her blessing. Uh, 
On numerous occasions, and with great certitude, Schiff told the media that the central assertion of the dossier was not only conceivable because of Trump's words, but a fact. Not only did he famously claim to be in personal possession of a smoking gun, remember that one? He said he had an abundance of incriminating evidence. As the fake Russiagate story fizzled out, Schiff refused to share proof of a seditious clandestine plot, clandestine plot against America. Not in his speeches, not in Congress, not on CNN, not in his self-serving memoir. When The View's co-host Megan McCain then asked Schiff about it, the congressman said it had been in plain sight the entire time, which is opposite of what he had asserted previously, which is that he would reveal it in time. Yet when CNN's Dana Bash hears news of Schiff's alleged new bombshell, she does not respond. You know, the last time you promised a smoking gun, it turned out to be bogus. No, she didn't. No one at CNN, where 2016 election lies were incubated and spread, does. Jake Tapper, so utterly distraught about the delegitimization of democracy, he certainly doesn't. Schiff's lying goes beyond the political norm of lying, which, needless to say, is bad enough. This is the guy who lied repeatedly on national television when asked point blank if he had, if his office had contact with a whistleblower at the center of Trump's second impeachment. Turns out his office had coached Alexander Vindman. Schiff then fabricated a dialogue between Trump and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and read it on the congressional floor during the impeachment trial, later claiming it was a parody. Remember that? It was on the opening day of the trial. Schiff's opening sentence, a fabricated transcript. Never said it was a parody till he was called on it afterwards. When Wolf Blitzer asked Schiff if he regretted lying, his answer was that his fabrication was unfortunately all too accurate. No, it just wasn't. In a health, gosh, accurate means inaccurate now. We'll add that to our list. Yeah. In a healthy functioning democracy, elected officials involved in plots to discredit the results of an election are denounced and saddled with repercussions. In a banana republic, they are charged with investigating others who discredit the results of elections. Whatever Trump did or didn't do, it has become insufferable watching the same people who spent four years spinning conspiracies about 2016 lecture us about the importance of honoring the outcomes of presidential elections. The committee has spent most of its time conflating what looks like a completely legal, if perhaps destructive and dumb, set of actions with the violence of rioting. If they have proof of sedition or of incitement or of a conspiracy of a coup or a coup, go for it. Send it to the Justice Department. But if Adam Schiff says it exists, you can darn near bet the farm on the fact that it really just doesn't. The idea that he's credible and others aren't, the idea that he's credible and Republicans, any of them, any of them aren't, none of them have lied as much as he has with a straight face and sold it as the truth, and neither have any of them lied with a straight face and sold it as the truth, and the media bought it again and again and again to their embarrassment. To their embarrassment. I'll have a good closing thought for you in just a moment, but as we head to break, let me put in a word for 
Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. Great company. I know the people. They're based locally here. You can visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what it is they do and let it speak for itself. It's good enough to do that. We're talking about a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors in a secure and collateralized portfolio. They're a due diligence approved firm run by great people. I know them well. Y-Refi. Check them out. InvestYRefi.com. Dot com or call them at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. We'll be right back. Well, thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. I uh, was playing around with this quote earlier today, and I'll share it with you. It's a beauty from Abraham Lincoln. Good day to use it. In my monologue, I was talking about reading the Constitution in light of the Declaration of Independence, which is a whole field of sc- and school of thought, really started by Madison and Jefferson, including when they created the Organic Laws of the United States and put together a um, curriculum for the University of Virginia. That's why they wanted this taught. Lincoln gave voice to this in a beautiful way. He said, there are very many causes for our great prosperity, but there is something back of those causes entwining itself more closely about the human heart, and that something is the principle of liberty to all, the principle that clears the path for all and gives hope to all, and by consequence, enterprise and industry to all. The expression of that principle in our Declaration of Independence was most happy and fortunate. Without, as well as with it, we could have declared our independence of Great Britain, but without it, we could not, I think, have secured our free government and consequent prosperity. No oppressed people will fight and endure as our fathers did without the promise of something better than a mere change of masters. The assertion of that principle, that all men are created equal, at that time was the word fitly spoken, which has proved an apple of gold to us. The Union and the Constitution are the picture of silver, subsequently framed around it. The picture was made not to conceal or destroy the apple, but to adorn and preserve it. The picture was made for the apple, not the apple for the picture. Kind of beautiful, isn't it? I'm Seth Liebson. You are too. God bless you all, and until tomorrow... Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 